On episode 211 of the Goblin Trashmasters, we're talking all about format staples. Like the ones in my head? No. Like the store I'm not allowed in for normal reasons. No, like the cards. This is a magic podcast, remember? No, I don't remember. The staples were too large because I stole them from an elephant enclosure and they affected the memory center of my brain. Real nice of you to bring it up, Kyle. Jesus fucking Christ, just say hello, Anthony. That's Ashley, and the one with the structurally compromised skull is Anthony. Do we need to record an intro or something? Yeah, yeah, sure, let's talk some more. What's up, bitches? This is Goblin Trashmasters on Spike TV. Just kidding. We're not on Spike TV because they wouldn't sponsor us. Also, Spike TV doesn't exist anymore. This is just like us. We don't exist at all. This is your imagination. You are Mm -hmm. having the weirdest fucking dream in the world right now. Yes. (laughs) You're having a weird fucking dream. (laughs) We're the Goblin Trashmasters. I'm Anthony. The other one is Kyle, and the person vaping silently is Ashley. <laughs> uh, and we are Hi. three. <laughs> I said silently. So, oh. <laughs> wow. We are three magic players that have all come through this to this game from different places and different directions, found our way into competitive magic. And we talk about cool magic concepts that we think benefit each other. And we do it as if we were all on the ride home from a big Grand Prix style event. Uh, so today, our the topic is going to be format staples versus metagame call. So uh, I'm like this in real life. I'm sorry. So the first thing I want to do is I want to define. I really am. Always wants a definition. <laughs> I want the definition. Let's define what's a format staple. Kyle. Defend this. What's a format staple? D- defend it. What? What? Am defend I on trial it. now? Defend it. Are for are format staples like my client and I'm the defense attorney now? My first instinct is to say that these terms are both bullshit. Defend it. <laughs> this is our Lord and Savior, Lightning Bolt. <laughs> no, <Yes>. but uh, <laughs> a what is a format staple? So it's cards that show up in many decks in one format, like. Most of them, like yeah. you'll see, see this, and they are rarely bad, like really bad main deck cards, and they're just like honestly commonly played cards in a specific format. It's it's cards you'll see all the time, and Anthony is weirdly mm-hmm. eating snacks. And I found right. pretzels. He found pretzels. I'm Let's... going through my opening statements. I need to defend lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> No, but format staples are they're staples of a format. They kind of like define themselves. It's cards you'll see in a metagame in most decks and not be weirded out by saying like, oh my God, my opponent's playing Thoughtseize. Who would have thought? Like, honestly, huh? when, when honestly for me, when I think of, about format staples, uh, I just think of pretty much every card in Boomer Jund. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems These fair. are the cards that you want in your modern binder. 
Yeah. Yes, for sure. And, you know, the modern staples can come and go, but overall, when you think of a, of, of a format staple and I, for this episode, since we're still in modern season, I'll probably be referencing a decent amount of modern cards, uh, like modern playable cards, like, but metas will shift, but format staples usually stay true. And I think talking about format staples and defining them and really looking into them helps with somebody who like, like I said, we're in modern season. You're like, Hey, I don't really play modern too much, but I still want to qualify what do I do? It's like, well, look at deck lists, but also just go to like MTG top eight or Anthony's favorite web- website, uh, MTG goldfish. Um, and just look at most oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just look at the, um, most played cards in a format that will give you an idea of, let's say like just what modern's like, what are the top 10 creatures in modern? What are the top 10 instants and sorceries or just the top 10, you know, what have you. And that'll help you once you go into like looking at deck lists and seeing like the texture of a format. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does tell you a bit about the texture of a format, um, but staples can like leave a format or at least stop being staples, right? right. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's funny. Believe it or not, Lightning Bolt at one point uh, wasn't as heavily played as it was in certain metas, and. It's weird to say that, but metas shift and change. So you'd be like, oh, Abrupt Decay. That's been a staple of modern forever. Not when every fucking pitch elemental is four or five mana. Abrupt Decay doesn't really do much. So it's Mm. just like things that in certain eras of a format, like we're just like, oh, this card is so good. It's so efficient. It'll be here forever. Well, when it doesn't have any targets or it can't really see play and it's not good, it can't be there anymore. You know, it's mm-hmm. it it sads it saddens me that I can't really play abrupt decay anymore. But <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta pivot, and I think not being attached to like specifically just cards and gameplay, but just when building your deck too. And like this card has been a staple, and this deck I've been playing forever. Don't get too attached to it because you might lose games or or matches because you wanted to hold on to the past or something, or didn't move with what the format is even if it was at one point a staple. Mm-hmm. Well, or- yeah. Orcish Bowmasters is a good example of that, right? It's a new card that's made its way into decks, multiple decks, and it's kind of taken the place of some other cards or other cards have moved out because Orcish Bowmasters came in. You know? Yeah, a, a good a good example of, you know, you, uh, the, uh, the, high, the new high school bully coming around and kicking people out of their chair uh, yeah. Orc- Orcish Bowmasters just went up to season Pyromancer and said, "Get out of my spot." Right. Like that. That's a prime example of uh, a, a card that was probably one of the best red creatures in the format. A new card comes in and just goes, "I'm sorry, bud, you're not a staple anymore." And mm-hmm. Bowmasters is a great example of a, a a format staple that is just warping a format in a sense. It's tough out here for X ones because of this little or- orky boy. Like, I and paused. They just those. made eye contact with the camera and just like very seriously <laughs> yes. sealed the pretzel bag like he has something to say. So I'm <laughs> waiting with bated breath to hear. Or were you just trying to be quiet? Weird. And weird. Or both. You're just mouthing those words, motherfucker, aren't you? He he's 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 fucking with us. I, I think so. We we can't hear you. I can't I can't hear you. No, we can't hear you. You're making that noise coming I from you. I can hear you. that noise, but I can't hear you. So, I'm lying. 
He's um, lying. He's totally fucking with us. <laughs> can so like my thought to myself is like, why does this matter? Why does this matter? Mm-hmm. What a staple is, what a staple isn't. And I think part of it is that as a like as much as I try to make this not an issue, card availability is part of this game. Mm-hmm. Yes. A hundred percent. And understanding what your staples are, what like having a play set of Orcish Bowmasters unlocks X, Y, and Z decks for you. Mm-hmm. Having a play set of Yogmoth necessary for the Yogmoth deck really only unlocks one deck. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I think that being able to identify what staples are mm-hmm. makes it more likely for you and people you are willing to lend cards to to be able to play any given deck in a format, yeah. especially in a non-rotating format like modern. For modern, personally, I try to just have a place out of every staple. Yeah, I yeah. try to be able to put together just based on what I already own, I want to be able to put together every deck in Modern. Yep. Maybe not at the same time, but at least have enough to be able to do it. Yeah, and I think that's a great point to, you know, have format staples, because like like you said, having a playset of Yawgmoth, you're only going to play that in Yawgmoth. But if you have a playset of Orcish Bowmasters, you can play Yawgmoth, you can play Scam, you can play uh, Model Black Coffers, you can play Jund, you can play literally any deck that has a Swamp in it mm-hmm. same thing with grief you can play living in you can play scam you can like yeah. fury is a is a great example if you play red you're probably going to play fury if you're not burned if you have these format staples it unlocks not only you being able to play magic but play a format not just a deck in a mm-hmm. format no matter right. what you want to play that season you can pivot quite easily if you just have a bunch of these format staples and like as far as like Staples leave, right? Staples mm-hmm. can disappear as mm-hmm. they become either banned or power leveled out or the format mm-hmm. moves away from them. Like how you were talking about Lightning Bolt moved away mm-hmm. when the turn two creature du jour was Thought Not Seer. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you just can't be playing Lightning Bolt as a removal spell in your deck if it doesn't kill the creature that comes down on turn two. You mm-hmm. just couldn't do it. Okay. So Lightning Bolt fell out of favor. Can staples come back? Of course they can. Metagames ship things like that. But there's Lightning Bolt's times... back, baby. Yeah, Lightning Bolt's back, baby. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of times where you have to accept that a card doesn't belong in your modern staples binder anymore. And it's hard for me to accept. I cried manly tears when I remove Kitchen Finks from my modern binder. <laughs> oh, 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 Anthony, why you got to hit me right in the meow meow? Oh, <laughs> my kitchen. I... <laughs> Stop it, Kyle. We're in public. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I, I'm, I'm sad Kitchen Finks is gone, but. It, I again. just saw a real kitchen finks in for the first time in real life. Ever. I did, yeah. It, it, it like it, it, a little, a little, uh, little, oh, little gremlin uh, in your kitchen. Uh, just, no. just eating all <laughs> your snacks. Card. Okay, the there card we go. Kitchen finks <laughs> in a, a cube draft yesterday. Wow. And you're like, what yeah. the fuck is that? <laughs> no, I know exactly what it was because you fuckers have talked about it a million times. Oh yeah, that's fair. So. I love. I yeah. just, I just miss. Um, 
There's there's sad there's sad cards that I had to take out of my modern staple binder. And I hadn't cleaned my modern binder in a while, and it could show because I was taking out a playset of Tezzeret Agent of Bolas. Oh my gosh! I don't I even know to... that card. Yeah, you shouldn't. You should. I, yeah. <laughs> I took War of Invention. That that oh, must have hurt. That for one you. made you cry. I'm sure. Yeah, I was very sad. Oh, I took out Collected Company out of my modern binder. That would put made it into me Pioneer. That one made me cry from the meow meow. <laughs> I was happy about that one. <laughs> yeah, Anthony don't like Coco. <laughs> I think every format where that card's playable is worse because of it. I think it should just be banned because I hate it. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. They took away Sensei's Divining Top because people are, are because dumb. People are dumb. Like, if they can take Sensei's Divining Top away from me because slow players are slow, then I should be allowed to have a uh, collective going. company leave the be banned from the format uh, because it's terrible. It's a bad gameplay experience. I don't know. I'm justifying <laughs> it. I'm, I was justifying the hatred came Poorly. first. The justification came after. Yeah, he just got so mad the words failed him. <laughs> I think rare. If you got, gonna, he's got to really hate something. If they're going to ban Sensei's Divining Top because people play slow, then I think they should ban Collected Company because they do not want me going on a meow meow punching spree. <laughs> oh, are you cocoing into a donkey? Donkey punch. <laughs> right in the bussy. <laughs> <laughs> the mussy? The M and Mussy stands for Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 wasn't a car ride home conversation. That was a Anthony was on a smoke break and we were waiting for slow players to finish and we were talking about what would be what would a Muppet Ussy be called and we 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 landed on Mussy. Of course, these are I, the conversations you know, that we have between rounds. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, is it is it surprising? Surprising, no. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony's uh, favorite. I okay. Yeah, stupid. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, with staples leaving formats, like a, a lot, like metas shift, but I think the biggest culprit is just power creep, where like Inquisition of Cosalect, Abrupt Decay, Liliana, Tarmogoyf, Mana League, Serum Visions, Eidolon of the Great Rebel. These were once like honestly pillars of modern magic. Now they are just not playable. Yeah, and it's sad. I was sad. I was sad to have to take the serum visions out of the binder, for sure. Yeah, I hated casting that card literally every time I cast it, and it still made you like, sad. Yeah, I just because I just liked all the decks it went in. Like I liked all those yeah. blue decks mm -hmm. in modern for a long time. But it's just like like every time I cast it, I was like, "Why aren't you a real cantrip? <laughs> Why aren't you real?" Why that motherfucker isn't real. That's why it's called a vision. Because you know it's coming. <laughs> now, what about the mythical meta call? I think the phrase meta call is kind of like a Bigfoot, right? Yeah. Like, I hear people talk about it a lot, but I've never, like, seen one that's convincing. Yeah, what, 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 is, what is this? What is meta call, Kyle? What, what is this thing? What, what this? Hey, definition. Uh -huh. So, 
uh, I'd say a meta call would be a certain card or cards that you would put into your main deck or sideboard to combat a certain meta. Uh, and I would say, like, the meta is probably pretty bad <laughs> most of the time, but not all the times. If you're main decking a lot of these cards that you would say, oh, I'm I'm trying to combat like these certain decks that are in the meta it would be like Leyline of the Void, Chalice of the Void. Okay, so like Hogak Summer, where everyone had to main deck a bunch of Leylines just to correct to get to play Magic. Yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. I think that 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 makes sense. Like, and I think if we keep it like like maybe not that extreme, but if the floor for what we call a meta call is somewhere near that, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like Roiling okay. Vortex. Like Royally Vortex yes. right now, I think is the absolute floor for me as what is a meta call because it's like a card that like you kind of need some context to understand why it's in the deck. You're just like, mm-hmm. why yeah. am I playing a, a symmetrical Curse of the Pierced Heart for Curse of the Pierced Heart mana? And the answer is like, oh, well, a lot of people are playing zero mana spells and it's mm-hmm. likely to deal five damage, ten damage to your opponent. And yeah. it, and it, um, says your opponent can't gain life so that's always good in the burn deck those yeah those are also mm-hmm. good those are also good things being the um, burn player i don't i don't love having the roiling vortex in there because i'd rather it be something else but also it's kind of necessary yeah so like roiling vortex is very not good hmm. if you're no. not getting that five if, if you're not threatening that five damage or yep. that players can't gain life mm-hmm. right. line isn't isn't relevant or it's forgotten. Like if either of those get missed, mm-hmm. you're just like, this is not worth a car. And the same with Leyline of the Void, right? Like if you just like forget to Leyline it in, it's not worth a card. If you just if it doesn't if the, the if the text on it doesn't matter, then it's not worth a card. So right. if we could say those meta calls are cards that are just not worth a card unless there's some cooperation from your opponent and they're in there because you're predicting that your opponent is going to need to interact with through that, then yeah, I can see that as a thing. And yeah. yes, Kyle, I agree that generally speaking, um, when cards like this become main deckable, it's usually a sign that your format is not uh, the healthiest. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's always a surefire like sign, like you know, alarm bell should be going off, like when. I saw some burn list main decking Roiling Vortex, and I'm like, okay. And then I, I remembered, I read the card, I'm like, oh, it's the clause of if no mana was spent to cast this, you dome him for five. I'm just like, okay, some out of scam is probably going to get banned at some point, because like, this is not only a four of in the main deck, when it's usually just been a sideboard card, but yeah. it's necessary. And Also, when... high key, I think Vortex is kind of shit against scam, right? Like, it's not even that good. It's. I mean, it's decent. Uh, I yeah. I like, haven't felt like it's the greatest. It's great personally. against bobble decks, like and anything yeah, that's I, gaining life. You know. Yeah, it's good there, but like, and it's good against like you evoking an elemental against my against my roiling vortex. But like after I have to pay mana for the roiling vortex, you can yeah. you can grief on turn one or turn two, my right. turn zero if you want, mm-hmm. like. That's why I tend to not, because usually the the elementals have hit the field before you're even playing the vortex, and then once once they've hit the fields, you you have a rolling vortex in play now, but they're probably not going to play their next elemental. You know, yeah, they just already have them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to 
if I'm staring down a 4-4 Fury, I do not want to take my entire turn two to play a thing that's going to deal me one damage on my upkeep. Right. Yeah, you know? it's going to like, help your scam opponent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but like, but get, getting into the weeds on Roiling Vortex a bit, admittedly, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> I think Roiling Vortex is a good call, but that is one that is contextual, right? It's contextual yes. on what you expect you're going mm-hmm. to play against, and that's what makes it a meta call. Okay. Mm-hmm. Convincing. Mm-hmm. But like, sh- every deck should not have one of these, right? No, like you're like, like, there are some decks that are just never going to care about these about this sort of. No, and like I I hear I hear a lot of players say like, oh, I'm putting this card in. It's like it's a meta call. It's because I'm, you know, I'm trying to like tech for the meta or whatever. And I'm like, I'm trying to be pre boarded for this matchup. Yeah, it's like, no, you just hate losing against hammer. Like, yeah. That's why you put the chalice, you know. Yeah, that's why you put that in 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 your deck. But I, I will say like uh another great, you know, I'd say medical f- for hammer now that I bring it up is uh the surge of salvation. They've been running a two to three or sometimes even four in the main deck. Mm-hmm. That's another one where it's like it's a great, you know, medical for that deck, but also a surefire sign that yeah, like yeah. main decking four red black color hosing instance. And the reason I hate people making these like metagame calls like really loosely. Yes. Mm-hmm. In modern especially is like they're making a metagame call for like a deck that's like dominating modern and seeing a ton of play is just like going to be like 20%, which means you're going to in a five if ev- if everything's evenly distributed, like random mm-hmm. selection. You can expect that if if scam is 20% of the metagame and you play a five rounder you're gonna see it once like do Mm -hmm. you really want that main deck card that bad probably not that's Mm -hmm. why i kind of don't like that kind of uh attitude but like hogak for a while there like you had to main deck ley lines because otherwise like you were going to in a five rounder you're going to play against hogak three times Mm -hmm. because at one point if you didn't have ley line you were dead (laughs) yeah and even when you had Leyline, there was a strong chance that you were you were going to be dead at some point anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's that's mainly why I just think meta calls or when like people are main decking specific sideboard cards, it's just it's, usually it's not, a sign like, that things are going ugly. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not it's not looking good. I mean, I feel I feel like right now modern, it's it's okay, but it's one of those things if something's something gets banned specifically out of scam. I don't think any would, would really bat an eye or mm-hmm. be surprised in a sense. But um, I, I think having a conversation about this, like format staples, meta calls, and just like how you construct your deck and seeing the texture of a format uh, can help a lot of people, like especially people just coming into it. And also if you want to really know what terminology, you know, a lot of magic players will be using and see if it's, warranted or they're just talking out of their ass in a sense you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely makes sense i think like toolbox decks like yogmoth are pretty good at being able to include one of these cards and not get punished by like drawing them as often oh no and in most of the, like the uh you know the the spicy one ofs in a toolbox deck like yogmoth they're not going to be bad cards against the entire meta so yeah. a main a main like I'd say three cards are a great example of like the 
the, the main decking things to be like, oh, that's weird. Is this a meta call? Um, it would be Haywire Might is one. There's a lot mm-hmm. of enchantments and artifacts out there. That just not... needs context. Because if you didn't know anything about modern, you'd be like, this does not seem like it's good enough to me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shieldred, which is just an inherently good card. You know? Yeah. But yeah. they would just be like, fuck it. Let's put it in the main deck. It works with the combo. It's just a good card to have. And then another one is Fulminator Mage. has been seeing main deck play. And... Big big thing, your worst matchup in Yogmoth are is Scam and, and Tron. It tags Tron lands, but there's a shit ton of non basics in modern. Just Yeah, it's gonna be uh, uh, it's gonna the floor is not too low on that. It's one. not too low. And with Agatha's Soul Cauldron, sweet. All of my creatures are stone right now. Like hmm. there there's there are games with, with Agatha and uh Fulminator Mange where like say you're playing against four color and you've stalled the board and you're like, all right, I'm just gonna blow up all your lands. Like, it's not the worst main deck card, and it helps you in a good matchup. So, and I think creature toolbox decks are good for this because they're one ofs, and if you need them, you can go find them. And if you draw them, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Yeah, you don't have to have three soulless jailers in your list. No, <laughs> you can like have one in there and like go cord for it. Yeah, you you have a Yogg's Will that's also a two four, and you yeah. have Court of Calling and Eldritch Evolution. Yeah, but it's like also this ties into format staples and just specific deck staples. I think Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Now this might be a hot take, but hot takes only. I feel like for Yogmoth specifically, it's turned into its its version of Birthing Pod. Yeah, where it's not mm-hmm. tutoring things, but it's a two yeah. mana artifact that just just like turbos your deck. It's insane what that fucking card does for that. Yeah, and yeah. you Real. can you can run like oh them combating this specific part of the meta with these tutor targets, but you're a tutor creature. You're a creature tutor deck. You're not really sacrificing anything. You're not be like, Oh, I'll just take out these four good cards and put these things in. Cause I'm tired of losing to scam or four color or Merc tide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're con- you're constructing your deck poorly because you have feel bads. And that's how you, yeah. that that's, those are not meta calls. That's just you being kind of butthurt. Sure. <laughs> Doesn't this also get kind of, tricky or i don't know interesting because metas aren't the same everywhere right like your meta is Mm -hmm. kind of like your your area where you're most commonly playing you know i don't know how much does that shift or does it not sure this is why i this this exact situation is why i hate talking about the meta because like Mm -hmm. because like when i'm saying like when I'm thinking the meta, I'm thinking like zoom all the way out. What is yeah, globally <laughs> broadly like paper magic play versus like you can meta game against your local game store, mm-hmm. but like why? So you can get more packs. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you know something right now. Packs of Magic Gathering cards. If you open them, it's just garbage in there. Yeah. <laughs> There's not good stuff in there. The 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 I'm sorry, but like the the buy rate for bulk rares has dropped off a cliff since they started including four rares in every pack. Nothing's mm-hmm. like just like why do you, it doesn't matter. There's you don't get anything out of it. You're you're like you're playing against you're playing against the worst opponents you're going to play against. Like it is the it is the first step as far as competition level. Um, and you're playing for functionally no stakes. You're playing for who has to take home 
the winner gets to take home the most card. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd say that like when I'd say that because of all of those factors, if I'm ever using the phrase metagame, I'm certainly not referring to the metagame at this store or the metagame in this city. Because also your sample size is so small that like one person switching decks one week for a laugh can drastically change that number. Yeah. So it's just like, I just don't think it's a good use of your time um, for your win percentage or for your development or for your sanity. So. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. And I'm I'm glad you brought that point up too, because there's that, that's another thing people talk about. It's like, Oh, the, the, the spooky metagame. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, you going to your like a local 1k is not you know a modern challenge mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like anthony pointed out too like just oh ted decided to play some random jank today he's usually on you know four color control like oh all the tech i brought in is completely useless and i i lost a game because of it so yeah. I, I think it's there are certain certain meta calls and certain things where he's like all right this is i know i'm gonna see this and it's not a cost to put in my deck, that's completely fine. But I wouldn't be putting five sideboard cards in your main deck and calling it like, yeah, it's, it'll totally work out. It'll be fine. Yeah. That makes sense. So I think being able to make meta calls, and this is the big one, being able to make meta calls, I think you need to have a lot of format knowledge and you need to be doing actual testing. People that make meta calls based on theory crafting that they just make up, tend to just be putting bad cards in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I genuinely believe that everyone is best served by not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't... Yeah. yeah, You don't have to make this determination yourself. People that have dedicated more time to magic than you have made the determination to not include that card. Or to include it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I understand that somebody has to be the first person to be willing to put lay lines in the main deck in, during Hogak Summer, right? But that yeah. first person doesn't have to be you. It's 2023. <laughs> the internet exists. You can just, like, <laughs> let somebody else figure out the dumb, lose a bunch of games because this is boneheaded shit, and then just play the good cards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I, I I love that point, too. Like Like we talked about last week in that episode, data is a big thing. If you're doing a meta call and you have have no data to back up your decision, it's just a bad card in your deck. And I think consistency in deck lists. If you're just like, all right, one week I see it, like, oh, they're playing three of this card in the main deck. Okay. And then it's the second week. And then the third week. And then the fourth mm-hmm. week. And you're like, okay, there might be something there. There's a lot of players mm-hmm. that have crunched the numbers, played a lot more than me, and are, are much, much better than me, and know this, like, this meta, this format, and this, these matchups. I think they're on to something. And now, some deck lists s- online are saying it too. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Like you're, you're looking and, at top yeah. finishes and you're just like, all right, yep. I keep seeing this. And there are sometimes you're like, hey, this person put four of this fucking card. Like why? And then mm-hmm. three weeks go by and that was the only deck that was running it. Okay, it was just, they, they probably won in other ways. And it was just them. They just put a cheeky card in there. But if you consistently see results and like, you know, top eight finishes or just like five O's or just have decks having success with these <laughs> like meta calls, you know, mm-hmm. like these sideboardish type cards in the main deck, there, there's probably something there. And you shouldn't just be like, yeah, I'm going to put them in my deck and play this next event and it'll all work out. 
you do some testing. You play with these cards. See if you like it. See if, you know, the pros are onto something. See if you feel comfortable with it in the deck. Don't just be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to put it in there. Like right. um, uh, an example, I've seen some lists uh, in Pioneer where they run the four Llanowar Elves and three Elvish Mystics. And I feel like there's a few pros that are just fucking with people. They're like, I'm going to put three Elvish Mystics instead of four and see if people just cut and copy mm -hmm. this paste, like cut and paste mm -hmm. this, this list and just do it and be like, oh, yeah, they did it. So it has to be correct. So it's 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 one thing to just like copy and paste deck list from MTG top eight and go for go for it, which is which works out most of the time. But if you have questions, don't be weirded out to ask like, oh, why did they do this? Why did they, why did they not do this? And do your own testing and make your own decision. OK, so I would like to bring up a very specific story. Go for it. Um, about the medical and how you really want to wait for there to be some confirmation before you jump in on something. Okay. Especially, and this is all assuming that your goal is to win games of magic and like, yeah, that's what your goal is. If you just want to play the cool card, then play the cool card. Go nuts. I don't give a shit. <laughs> lose games that you shouldn't lose. Like, that's great. Fine by me. Um, I believe it was the year was 2000 and 12. Okay. So it was 11 years ago, and the format was standard, and there was an open in Washington. And I believe it was Josh Cho. Somebody look this up and check me. Make sure I'm not making this up. I believe it was Josh Cho did really, really well playing Delver, because it was just a Delver format, but he played Delver. I, I think Todd Anderson won this one. Um, Okay, so it was Legacy? It was Standard. Standard? Oh, see, you said Standard. It was the Delver Standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Delver Standard. Blue Light Delver Standard. And Josh Cho metagamed for the Mirror, right? Mm -hmm. Like, really, really hard metagamed for the Mirror because this was a format where people were playing, like, Moorland Haunt, and people mm -hmm. were playing um, Moorland Haunt as just a way to generate, like, that's how games that went long like ended a, up a make bodies. Resolving. Yeah, it's just for value. Just a 1-1 one, one flyer. Mm -hmm. So he had the idea to put in a single copy of Hovermere. Hovermere? It is, because also a lot of the times they would play, like, uh, Lingering Souls if they wanted to splash mm -hmm. or play Midnight Haunting as just ways, because it was like, pick up swords is a thing. Yeah, yeah. But Hover Mirror is a two-mana, one-two artifact creature mirror with flying and vigilance. So it picked up a okay. sort of war and peace as well as anything else. Yeah. But also, when it came to like the late game, everything was falling apart and both players were just trying to stumble over the finish line. Mm -hmm. Hover Mirror, in a world of 1-1 one -one flyers, the Hover Mirror Hover reigns mirror. supreme. Yep. <laughs> And it was like this whole thing that everybody picked up and just mm -hmm. like everybody that wasn't on the professional level was like, this is the truth. The hover this mirror, the yeah. hover mirror, the hover mirror. <laughs> and you'll notice that no major or professional level event besides Josh Cho in this one event had Did any well copies of hover mirror. Yeah. Everybody I found else that has it in it. Yeah. He was playing. He was not. <laughs> if I'm let, let's. 
check Anthony's memory of a tournament from 11 years ago. I -hmm. believe he lost in the... He lost in the semifinals, so he was the third slash fourth place. He played too many copies of Moreland Haunt. I think he was playing three. Yeah, he played one Hubbermere and one other stupid medical um, to to win the because um, he was he played Hubbermere and one other stupid medical. I think it was like uh, the the Luminarch guy that taps and puts plus one plus one counters on everything. Um, because he was not playing uh, Lingering Souls. He didn't want to splash black because he needed to have three colorless Moreland Haunts. So he was playing Midnight Haunting and wanted to be able to make his 1-1 Flyers into 2-2 two, two Flyers and his 1-2 two, two Hover Mirror into a 2-3 Vigilant Hover Mirror. <laughs> uh, so was he playing that Micaeus? Uh, yeah, I have a Hover Mirror and Micaeus the Lunark and two Midnight Hauntings in the main. And how many Moreland Haunts? And three Moreland Haunts. Yep. Wow. Yep. And there's also another Midnight Haunting in the sideboard. Yeah, for the mirror. Damn, look at you. Yeah, that was excellent. I do like that story of, you know, uh, of Metacalls and just why most of the time you shouldn't do it. Because in the world of Hover Mirrors, be the fourth copy of sort of war and peace yeah <laughs> just play the play the good cards just play the, play good, the good cards, cards. let don't let josh it. cho spike the event with hover mirror and let all the dummies yep. run like lemmings off the cliff the lemmings cannot fly like the hover mirror <laughs> <laughs> and they just fall Here at the Goblin Trash Masters, we love competitive magic and we want to see it flourish. We know that there are tons of local game stores that want to run competitive events like RCQs, but might not have the resources or experience to be willing to try. Maybe they have tried, but they're a little nervous about getting back on that horse. We're excited to announce a new program all about Comp REL that we're calling the Comp REL Assistance Program, or CRAP for short. CRAP is there to help your small or medium LGS run Comp REL events like RCQs by providing them with support and materials necessary to run an outstanding event. Competitive integrity is our top priority, and we can help your store to break into the market of listeners like you. CRAP support involves either assisted hosting or remote consultation with our hosts who have a combined 23 years of tournament organizing experience. All participating stores receive a kit that contains everything they need to run a great and accurate event with things like an in-store event poster, table tents, deck registration sheets, and plenty of stickers and tokens to give out. Best of all, this assistance program is completely free of charge for your LGS and always will be. We offer assistance in the form of remote event planning via consultation or in-person hosting for stores within range of the Lexington, Kentucky area. Our goal is to do our part to support competitive magic not to try to make a profit off of your LGS. If you think that your LGS might be interested, have them reach out to us via our website. The instructions are available at www.thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. That's www.thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. Spelled C-R-A-P. Like how a child would say shit. Wait, that's been... That's been like that the whole fucking time. None of you fucking told me. We can't actually have this as the name. You know that, right?
Everything's printed, bud. It's too late to change it. No, 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 no. We should call it something less awful, like uh, the competitive unified nerd trading. Yeah, competitive unified nerd trading. Yeah, that's way better. Jesus fucking Christ, you're both stupid. All right. Guessing, G- guessing game? Guessing game? Oh, oh, like, it's, it's, I like, I like guessing, guessing and yeah. I like games. So for this one. I like one, neither. That's not true. You love all things weird. I like videos of people choking on styrofoam. Um, what? I like, I like the new, um, I'm sorry, Ashley. When you when you did that, it just reminded me of Hank Hill. <laughs> I like what? the new I like the new Jack Harlow single. Um, the, the the contrast between both of those things you just said back to back is just. Or or are you gonna make a joke about how they're similar? What are you talking about? They're directly related. Why? Have you seen the video for Jack Harlow's single? No. You should watch it. But okay. like after this, after this, <laughs> no, during, during us doing this episode. <laughs> All right. But guessing game, we, we still do guessing games, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, but this one's so, a little different. This one is a little different. We have done a ton of guessing games. Well, we also done segment called hit or whiff, and we're going to combine the two. So each of the trash masters, has picked a card from the new standard set that has come out, Lost Caverns of Ixalan. And by this the, is, by the by the yeah. time we you hear this, it'll be out for a while. So you can really really call us out and how like dumb or correct we are. This um, is this is taking this is taking the place of a set review. You're welcome. Yes. No, yes. I hate podcast set reviews. They're fucking miserable. This is the <laughs> most set review you will get from us going forward. Yeah, but ever. We each trash master has a card from the Lost Caverns of Ixalan. And then we all have to guess if the card that they picked is a hit or a whiff. If they think it's a hit or a whiff. So we gotta we gotta, you know, put our best uh poker face on. Oof. All right. You ready for Ready for just a reverse order of what we did last week? Yeah. Yeah. All right. My card is the Bone Horde Dracosaur. It's three red red for a flying first strike five five. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you exile the top two cards your library. You can play them this turn. If you exile the land this way, you make a three one dinosaur token. If you exile the non-land, you make a treasure token. Okay, I remember this card. The old mm-hmm. dinosaur dragon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of text, and it does a lot of things, but it does need to wait until your next upkeep. So, and for more okay. consideration on whether I think this is a hit or a whip for context, I am looking at this in the context of standard. Okay. That's okay. What I was Because ask. I think that's where this is going to be the most playable card. I think this is a trap, and I'm going to say whiff. All right. Kyle's guessing a whiff. I am going to say that you think it is a hit. Okay. I do, in fact, think this card is a hit. Okay. Mm. All right. I understand that you have to wait until your upkeep to be able to get any value off of this. Right. Mm -hmm. And the idea of trading a five-mana card 
for a go for the throat is miserable. Yes. But go for the throat is not nearly as ubiquitous as it was before. Um, so there is a chance that this survives. The thing I think needs to happen for this to be a hit, though, is I think it needs to be a deck that is able to produce two more high-value targets than there are Doomblades. And yes. decks like yeah. that, like Green Red Monsters and Theros Standard, have mm-hmm. existed, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, Green Red Monsters was able to exist in a Theros Standard where they had literal Doom. So, mm-hmm. okay. I yeah. think that this card, the upside of it, if you untap once... It's so good. It's yeah. so good, and you can play the lands. Yeah. Yeah. So untapping with this once basically guarantees to put you plus one mana. Whether you hit a land or hit a non-land, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you hit a non-land, you get a treasure. If you hit a land, you get a creature and Mm -hmm. can play the land. Yeah. I I I think this is this one card that it its success is banking on like the other threats within the deck that it'll be played in standard and you know, how much removal there is, but I feel like this is one of those cards where if you play this, your opponent goes, I have to kill this, or my opponent's just going to accrue so much value. And I think that alone will just, yeah. yeah. I think that is a reason why this card would see a decent amount of play in standard, yeah. My thought was how much removal in standard actually would work. Or Go for the throat, um, the one in a white, destroy target big creature or enchantment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's removal spells for it removal, and you are going yeah. to it is the removal spells against this will trade up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's bad right yeah. like it's pretty it's pretty bad if that were to happen you because you don't get any immediate value from this unless you're playing up the bean slot Ooh, yeah if this is if if you are playing some green red monsters deck and up the beanstalk is in it then all of a sudden, that trade is still bad for your opponent. They're yeah. up three <laughs> mana, but they're but they're down a card, and mm-hmm. that's miserable. Dude, well, you might be onto something. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I can see that. Ashley, you're Ashley up next. Ashley is We're up re- next. Reverse order. Yes, uh, my card is Poison Dart Frog. Oh, that's the really cute one. It's the cute baby. Yeah, it's uh it's the two mana birds of paradise. Yep. So it's one and a green frog, reach, tap, add mana of add one mana of any color, and then two generic, you give it death touch till end of turn. Exactly. Okay. So uh what <laughs> format do you think? I'll say limited. Okay. If it's limited, I'm I'm gonna say hit. For limited in this one, I've all, I've not played a ton of a limited format, but I do believe that this is functionally Birds of Paradise and a removal spell. And it's got reach, weirdly, so it gets to like do some mm-hmm. stuff. I kind of like this in Limited. I definitely would put this above average filler, so I think I'll say hit. I do think it's a hit. I, I think like this is a card that I... I'm happy to pick in Limited. Yes, oh, yeah. I, I picked it um, a couple of times, actually, and uh, it was excellent. Uh, because there were a bunch of big dinosaurs, a bunch of big creatures that just couldn't attack. It could lock out games, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, I, and also, it just ramps you, yeah. Yeah. It trades and, up so hard. And I and also it... think that this could see play in other things. 
like I'm I'm gonna say it here. I I do think that there's a possibility you could see play other way other places. I think you could see some play in standard depending on the deck and depending on mm-hmm. you know like what kind of like you know like Anthony was talking about like red green just you know monsters deck or just like some you know red green dinosaurs even like is there's just two specifically dinosaur mana dorks that are in standard right now from this set and this is just another mm-hmm. like two mana one one like mana dork with some upside so yep yeah i don't think this is good enough for standard people are putting a tallies into play <laughs> well yeah okay. that is true yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like people are putting attractions into play yeah i just that can't is imagine fair. like like here's my and, frog <laughs> and like i just don't want to i don't want to pay two mana for this and have it get swept up in a sunfall yeah <clears throat> okay. sunfall sunfall is a really heavily played card right now so yeah that's fair and like you're in an awkward situation if you play this and your opponent does like wandering in person right you're just like i can trade for a token but i have to keep up two mana when they attack in to do it that's a fair point now if it just had normal death touch it'd be probably better it would be better yes i think i think in uh i think in limited this this card's just really really good though yeah yeah, I think this is a very good card in limited. All right, Kyle. It's a me. So, my card is Trumpeting Carnosaur. It is four red red for a dinosaur. Trample. Dinosaur. Trample, seven, six. When Trumpeting Carnosaur enters the battlefield, discover five. So, discover is basically cascade, but not really. So it's after ET- it ETBs, yeah, yeah, ETBs reveal the top card, reveal the top cards of your library until you reveal a non-land card, and you can cast it or put it into your hand with Discover, which I think is really really cool. And then it has a activated ability two and a red discard Trumpeting Carnosaur. It deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker. Mm-hmm. And what context for this? What format are you asking hitter hitter with? Uh. Mainly Pioneer, but honestly, Standard and Pioneer mainly. Well, my answer is very different. Okay, Pioneer. Okay. For Pioneer, I think this is a whip. Okay. I just don't think you're in a place where a six-mana creature, like a six-mana value creature, is good in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> maybe in Boat. But like, I think that boats would be better by not including this card. The same way that a Zaxby salad is better by not including their. Um, <laughs> and I think the two and a red discard it, um, deal to deal three. I think that's so ridiculously far above normal rate that I just don't think that's worth. Um, I think that in Pioneer, this is this is this is a whip. I do believe that. I do believe that this card is pretty close in standard. I think that this is, I think, I think I might go so far as to say hit for standard. For Pioneer, I think I'm also going to say with. Okay. Because I, I just think with the high mana cost, I, I just don't know that Pioneer would be able to handle that. I don't think you'd be able to cast it. Yeah, um, if you like stand- put this card up against mono green can, as a, as yeah. like a as like a, a watermark for the format, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. standard. I don't really know enough about like the main 
decks being played in standard right now to really have a good opinion mm-hmm. on that. But I'll say with for Pioneer. What do you think? Uh, I have as a, as a hit specifically for the card, the Cruelty of Gix. So the Cruelty of Gix is a five mana saga with Rita Head, where its third chapter is put a creature from your from a graveyard onto the battlefield. And I've played a Rakdos Cruelty of Gix reanimator deck and Pioneer for quite a while, and I've enjoyed it and mainly been cheating Atraxa into play, which is awesome. You cheat Atraxa into play, that's pretty sweet. But it there's no unmarked grave entombed things in that format, so it gets a little tricky. You're not always having your Atraxa. Uh, but this being another target, as well as it being removal, and with Cruelty of Gix also having the Tutor ability on its Chapter 2, uh, I think this is just another redundant reanimator target for this. And the fact that it, ETB's Discovers 5 is pretty great. So I think it's it's like a hit for a specific deck for me. But I think in Standard and Pioneer, there there will be like some Cruelty of Gex reanimator decks. What am I thinking of? I'm thinking, thinking of, of a... the, 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 the guy. There's another Discover card, I believe, that requires you to cast it from your hand. For, for you to get the, the discover, mm. I want to say that maybe I'm getting mixed up on something. Like That's you would funny. only get the discover if you cast it from your hand, or does it with discover does it say enters the battlefield and if you cast it? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Is the impression that you're getting that it's a red card, Anthony? Or I believe it is. Okay, I believe it is. I'm looking through Scratchfall's list of. So the reminder text on discover is. Exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card with mana value X or less. Cast it without paying its mana cost or put it into your hand. Put the rest in the bottom in any random order. Okay, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Geological Appraiser. Which yes. that one only discovers if you cast it from your Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, it does say that, yeah, yeah, if you cast it. Okay. And you were just oh, thinking that was the text on Discover yeah, itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. that was the first Discover card which I is, saw. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. is understandable. I also think Geological Appraiser is is a hit. You know, I think for sure. Pretty good. And with that in mind, actually, I want to amend my Pioneer Hitter Whiff to be a hit. Because the combo applications for getting to Discover 5 means that you can get that without having to actually cast it. You can reanimate it and then Discover 5. That's a big, the combo applications there are pretty nuts. Notably, it does discover into Geological Appraiser, which then discovers again itself. So there's something there probably. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. But yes, that's it. Okay. That's our that's our review for Lost Caverns. That's <laughs> all you're going to get. That's all you fuckers get. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also, I love Poison Dart Frog. He's so cute. I, I have a whole playset from playing in two pre-releases, and I couldn't be happier. Mm-hmm. You just want them because you love them. I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want I want it to be in standard, so that I can play it when standard season comes around. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I really want it to work. I want it to be playable just for selfish reasons. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I also would be equally happy with a gruel gruel dinos deck. Like yeah, happy. like a Gruel Monsters, Gruel Dinos. Like I, I think they're with a lot of the cards that came out in the set, you can play some like big dumb idiot ramp deck where you just like curve out and play just big threats, and it'll the, be like reasonable. 
What? Polani, the dino hunter. Oh yeah, yeah the the uh, the legendary. If if there's a dinosaur deck, like she's gonna be great in that deck. Like because yes. her, her flip side, the saga is insane. Yeah, she's she is uh she's wacky. Also, she's not a yeah she's not a bad like her front half is not oh, bad. She's, she's just she's not a she's not a flip card. It's Polani's Hatcher, the dinosaur. So it's three in parole. Other dinosaurs you control have haste. When Polani's enters the battlefield, create two zero one green dinosaur egg creature tokens. Yeah. And then at the beginning of combat, if you control one or more eggs, sacrifice it and create a three three dinosaur token. So you just as long as this survives and gets to combat, which is, you know saying a you, lot. You but, hope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if it does, you just get another three three two and but it, it has it, haste. It grants it grants all dinosaurs haste? Um, other dinosaurs, yeah. So not I mean, itself. I mean, that's still like, yeah, the, if the, it's like the one from OG Ixalan, same mana mm-hmm. cost, but it makes it 3 3. But if you just get everybody haste, like, that's still yeah. that's still pretty sweet. But I don't know enough about standard for that to be a thing, so I don't know. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.